Welcome to Healthy Vision Talk Radio, the podcast for people in search of a physician with alternative solutions for their eye problems. From the best-selling, award-winning, world's-only homeopathic ophthalmologist, here's your host, Dr. Edward Kondrat. from the opera Turn Dot. I will conquer, I will conquer. Welcome to Healthy Vision, the talk radio show that helps you conquer your vision loss. Dr. Edward Condrett is a board-certified ophthalmologist and homeopathic doctor, author of seven best-selling books. Healthy Vision is dedicated to bring you the latest information for a lifetime of healthy sight and to help you conquer your eye problems. And now your host, America's favorite eye doctor, Dr. Edward Condrett. Uh, Welcome, everyone, to Healthy Vision. This is your host, Dr. Edward Condrat, and thank you so much for listening. Uh, This evening, we're going to be talking about a serious event that occurred in Florida, and I was shocked when I read the article in the New York Times uh, magazine. The article is, Patients Lose Sight After Stem Cells Are Injected Into Their Eyes. Now, the article dealt with three patients that had received stem cells in a facility in Florida. Now, first of all, I was shocked because I am doing stem cells for the eye, and I am really concerned because this article, this gives bad press to a procedure that can help uh, many, many individuals. Now, there was a problem with this um, study. Uh, There was a problem with how these stem cells were administered, And I'd like to give you my opinion. Number one, these stem cells were autologous stem cells from the fat tissue. Now, there are many different ways of obtaining stem cells. Uh, Autologous stem cells are probably the most common. They are obtained from the patient's bone, marrow, or abdominal fat. Then they're processed and then they're injected into the tissue or the bloodstream to put back into the person. Now, there's a couple of problems with this. Number one, if you're in your 70s or 80s and they're taking stem cells from your body, these are going to be old stem cells, and they may not have much in the way of regenerative properties. Um, Another type of stem cells is called cord or placenta. These are cells that are obtained from the placenta or cord of a newborn baby. They are extremely potent stem cells. So some people estimate that they may be a thousand times more potent. So you can see that the type of stem cells is certainly something to consider when you're receiving stem cells for any condition. The problem that may have occurred at this facility where these three people were blinded was the processing of the stem cells. Taking the abdominal stem cells and not processing properly can leave toxic material in them. And later on in the show, Dr. David Steenblock, who is an authority on stem cells, and a matter of fact, he's the author of the book, Cord Stem Cells, will be joining me. He'll be joining me at the bottom of the hour. Now, another problem is that the training in this facility These were not ophthalmologists or eye surgeons that administered them to the eye. In fact, the article stated that a nurse practitioner injected them into the eye. So that is important, that you should have someone 
highly qualified, someone that is trained and someone that is knowledgeable with that particular area that the stem cells are being administered. It makes common sense that if you're dealing with the eye, you should have an eye surgeon or an eye doctor administer these cells, not a nurse practitioner or not a GP or not an internist. Much like the analogy myself, I am an expert when it comes to the eye, but if I'm going to be injecting stem cells in the spine or the knee, I probably don't have any business doing that. I'm not knowledgeable with the anatomy, and I don't have any experience. So the last issue is that the way these stem cells were injected. Now, I am using two methods for injecting or uh, introducing stem cells into the body. One is intravenous, which I feel is probably the safest. It goes into the bloodstream. It circulates in the body, and it is slowly absorbed. And the uh, second way is called a retrobulbar. This is an injection that goes under the eye, not into the eye, under the eye, in an area very close to the macula and optic nerve. Now, Apparently, uh, in this uh, situation, I'm not sure if the, the stem cells were intentionally injected into the eye or inadvertently during the course of a retrobulbar injection, they got into eye. Either way, it was a tragic event. Now, in some situations, eye doctors will inject stem cells into the eye, but it should be done under supervision and the doctor should be highly qualified. I am not injecting stem cells directly into the eye because of my concern of an increased risk of infection or complications. You know, as a physician, our number one oath states that we shall do no harm to the patient. So it is rather tragic that this event occurred, and I think that it brings up several important lessons, those of you that might be considering stem cells, not only for your eye, but for any other part of your body. Now, I have um, produced a webinar event which goes over in detail all aspects of stem cell for eye disease. And you can go to istemcell.org. That's I-E-Y-E, stem, S-T-E-M, cell, C-E-L-E, C-E-L-L, dot O-R-G. And this is a comprehensive webinar that goes over in detail uh, several key things. Timing of stem cells, what are the best stem cells, who are the best candidate for stem cells, who should be delivering the stem cells, and many other aspects which you need to know, not only if you're considering stem cells for your eye, but for any other part of your body. Now, I have come up with a mnemonic, and I'm going to be talking about each one of these during the course of the radio show, and the mnemonic is stem cells. S uh, stands for the selection and, uh, of, the, of the stem cells. By that, I mean the type of stem cells. T is the timing, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit more detail. The timing is important because if you have a lung infection or a sinus infection and you receive stem cells, they are going to take care of that infection and not take care of the part of the body you may want to be treated. E is education. I'm talking about education of the doctor. Are they trained? in administering stem cells, and 
uh, are they, do they specialize in that particular area? And M is the uh, method of injection. And we'll talk about the different types of methods. So that's the stem. And the cell component of this mnemonic is C is continued growth. What can we do to keep those stem cells growing in the body? E, extracellular nutrients. You know, it's like a farmer when he buys expensive seeds. You need to have good, rich soil, water, and sunlight for those seeds to grow. Much very similar to stem cells in the body. You have they have the nutrients. L stands for light. We're going to talk about light therapy that has been shown to stimulate stem cells. The second L in cell is low-level microcurrent. Uh, believe it or not, there are frequencies that have been patented that have been shown to stimulate the growth of stem cells minutes, and help yes. release certain factors to keep those stem cells growing. So stem cell, we're going to talk about those in deep, more detail. So if you just joined us, we're talking about the tragedy that occurred in Florida with three patients who went blind after stem cells. This should not have happened. Uh, later on, we're going to have some experts joining us to talk about this complication. And if you want more information, go to istemcell.org. So we're coming up to a break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Healthy Vision. Uh, welcome back to Healthy Vision. Uh, your host, Dr. Edward Condra, and we're talking about stem cells, risks that are out there and risks that you should be aware of. And with me is uh, Mike Basic, who is a representative of a stem cell manufacturing company. Uh, Mike, uh, great to have you on Healthy Vision. Thank you for having me. And uh, really, uh, it's, a, it's a tragedy uh, that occurred with those uh, three folks in Florida, and it's a tragedy that should not have occurred. Uh, it's very upsetting to me, and I want to get your opinion on what, um, how this could have prevented and what is your take on it. Well, you couldn't be more right. Uh, it is a tragedy, um, and I think while... Um, I don't know all the ins and outs of how it might have been prevented. The one thing I can say for sure is that if, uh, if the individuals who were treating these folks would have followed uh, the same guidelines that uh, the company that I represent follows, the FDA guidelines, um, I can say with confidence this would have never occurred. So what are the FDA guidelines? Well, the FDA guidelines are that... Um, the uh, the cells that are used um, need to be uh, for autologous for autologous use, which these were because they were from their own body, um, need to be uh, clean and tested, and they need to be administered by a licensed physician. And my understanding was is that none of those things occurred. The article that I read um, indicated that none of those things occurred. Um, it's it's just a, it's an unfortunate tragedy. Uh, in fact, I, my understanding was is that there was a, I believe it was a nurse practitioner who was actually administering these cells, and that there were contaminants in them, and uh, that they were, um, that they just they were they were the wrong cells to be using in that application was also my understanding from the article. 
Yeah, this this is a really unfortunate because the, the day that study came out, I had several people in my office that were ready to receive stem cells. So, uh, ah. you know, I had to explain to them that, number one, we do not use stem cells from the fat. Uh, we do not process no. them. Because I think any time a physician prepares stem cells in his office, there's always a risk of contamination, um, other issues which may develop. Now, your company, one of the reasons why I use BioBurst, uh, your company is a FDA-monitored company. You only use uh, cord stem cells. There's a strict um, processing quality control, and maybe you could talk about um, the, the requirements that your company has in order to deliver these stem cells. Well, we have to follow uh, FDA guidelines from screening, and by screening I mean for, uh, for disease, for bioburden, for drugs or chemicals of any kinds of that nature. None of that is permitted. Yeah, because that's, and, a, that's um, a good point. That's a good point because one of the concerns that all my patients have, how do I know that this is a healthy baby? How do I know that the mother doesn't have some hereditary disease that might be transferred to me? So you really... Investigate this. Investigate it very thoroughly. Um, and then uh, in our particular instance, because these cells are homologous, uh, they are um, uh, from outside of the, the, the ticket from a donor and given to a recipient, um, the red blood cells are removed and the class 1 and class 2 antigens are removed. So they are considered uh, DNA neutral and immune privileged. Uh, so there are, there's no chance of uh, DNA material being passed along there. Um, in addition to that, uh, we are, the cells are processed in what's called a CLIA-approved lab, which is a, uh, an FDA-certified laboratory. Our lab is, uh, our company as a whole, is monitored on a regular basis by the FDA. And um, there's just very strict, strict guidelines that we must follow to, pro- to uh, process these cells. So, um, what advice uh, do you give to patients? I, I know it, the marketplace is very confusing. You know, everyone is advertising stem cells, and it upsets me because people think that a stem cell injection or delivery is going to be an instant cure. It's not. It's just a way to True. help strengthen the body, to help the body. Uh, utilize its own regenerative uh, properties. It's not a. It's not a miracle, and you know you got to do no. so much more uh, even before you receive stem cells and even after to make sure they work. Right. The the what most people don't realize is that the reason stem cells are so effective is because they are what's called uncompleted cells. They are have yet to finalize and ultimately become the cells they will become. Um, multipotent cells, which are the cells that are the mesenchymal or multipotent cells, the safe cells, those that are FDA approved, are um, can only become one of the six major body types: uh, bone, cartilage nerve, vascular, these vasculature, these kinds of things. And um, so the body of the recipient is sending off signals that these cells respond to to help the regenerative processes within their body. Um, but that process is different for each person. That that response is different for each person because their need is different from person to person. Some folks have um, 
one disease that they're battling or one injury that they're battling. Other people have multiple things. And um, so the, the cells uh, come into an environment where they're responding to these requests that are made to them at a cellular level. And uh, while it would be it would be awesome if uh, we could uh, guarantee that um, you know this would be healed or that would be healed or this or another function would happen. That's just not the way the body works. It, it, they respond to the signals that they are given, and they they work that out within the recipient's own body. Yeah, I think one of the biggest problems we have is getting the stem cells or directing the stem cells to the particular tissue that we want to have that maximum effect. And that's one of the reasons why I'm using uh, microcurrent and light therapy. Uh, the thinking process is there, their thought is that the light and microcurrent will help guide those cells to the retina or optic nerve when you're administering the microcurrent. Mm -hmm. And I'm working with a company called iCell uh, out in California that has patented some frequencies uh, that uh, help uh, um, produce uh, some, some stem cell derivative factors that help the stem cells uh, replicate and grow in kind of a directional signal to help guide them. Uh, I think I want to uh, make the comment that, you know, your company produces only cord stem cells, which are much pot more potent than autologous. I mentioned earlier that if you're 70 or 80, you got 70 or 80 autologous cells. There's nothing you can do about it. They're mm -hmm. older. The telomeres are shorter. The stem cells have less ability to regenerate. And that's probably part of the reasons why when you're in your 80s and you get a cut, it takes a little bit longer to heal. It'll heal, but if you're unhealthy or sick and your stem cells are sick, may not heal at all. But there is a purpose. There is a place for autologous. And I think they work remarkably well in the treatment of joints and some musculoskeletal problems, but when you're dealing with a more serious issue like vision loss, uh, you probably want the most potent stem cells um, available to help. And I'm kind of grateful that your company um, did get FDA approval. I mean, it's not FDA approved. I'm about to mislead people out there. It's not FDA approved for the treatment of eye problems. It's just the cells are approved to be used under the physician's discretion, correct? And I think that is one of the most important points. I was, I was about to make that point was that one of the things that I think went wrong in this article that we all saw, this, this unfortunate thing that happened with this stem cell clinic in Florida for these folks, is that the FDA licensure for homologous cells is at the discretion or the, as determined to be homologous by the treating physician. And therein, I think, for at least from the article that I read, was part of one of the issues was that uh, the physician was not either, either treating or was not involved in it or was missing in that process at some point in time. And I, that, that struck me just in that moment as you described those, those treatments there, that that's one of the things that is most minutes, important is that you, as the physician, uh, are the one making those decisions that, yes, these cells are required for these reasons, and we want to help them along with this treatment or another treatment or whatever else it is you do to maximize those. But that's 
the responsibility that you're bringing to the, that's the expertise that you're bringing to the table as the physician. And that's, that's part of how, why the FDA has given the licensure to these cells is uh, with the understanding that the physician is making that decision. Right, but in this particular case, it could have been in the processing of the cells. Uh, not so it, much it in, been, yeah, it, it could have been yeah. in the processing. So it's really an unfortunate event that occurred. Um, you know, part of me uh, feels that, well, there should be more regulation. But on the other hand, anytime there's more regulation, then it's going to drive up the cost. And it'll be less affordable and less available for patients. One minute, one minute. Well, we're coming up. And to I a, think honestly, we're true. coming up to a break. And uh, uh, Mike, I want to thank you so much uh, for joining us and giving us your opinion as a, as a manufacturer. Uh, welcome back to Healthy Vision, and we're talking about stem cells. And the tragedy can happen that if you have them administered in the wrong way or by the wrong person. And with me now is uh, Dr. David Steenblock, who is considered one of the leading authorities on stem cells. In fact, he wrote the book on cord stem cells. Uh, Dr. Steenblock, good to have you on the radio. Nice to be here. Thank you. And I, I, I can imagine when you read the New York Times article where it said stem cells, blindness, Florida, you probably said contracts up to no good. <laughs> Tell me the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, anytime we have a new profession, a new whole way of doing things, there's always going to be some troubles. But if you compare those three cases and the few cases that we've had with the use of autologous stem cells as compared to all of the problems that we have with drugs on a daily basis, it's absolutely minuscule as compared to the drug problems and the drug deaths and what now we have in this country that are all FDA approved. So it's, it's quite uh, uh, interesting to see how the public uh, relations people, the media, really hyped this up as if, as if it's a terrible thing, and yet we don't hear really anything much of anybody dying every day from, from the drugs and the drug overdoses and side effects and whatnot. Yeah, but I guess, uh, you know, you've been doing stem cells now uh, for over 10 years or longer? Since about 2000. Okay, and um, so, you know, in your vast experience, um, I mean, this should not have happened. What, what is your take on this? Well, obviously, these people were not trained well, and uh, they did not do the procedures well. They, they were not even doctors, uh, and they put injections of of these stem cells, a uh, uh, group basically, into the, these people's eyes. And uh, they didn't check uh, for um, things like uh, bacteria and yeast, and they didn't check for particulate matter and all that, I'm sure, because uh, what they were doing was taking fat and using a certain enzyme called collagenase, and then they digest that uh, together, and then they separate the uh, stem cells out of that mixture, but the trouble is that the separation has to be done correctly, and if you don't check on it, you can wind up with material, a lot of particulates and whatnot in that, in that uh, soup that you get from, the, from taking the fat and processing it. And so when they take that and inject it directly into the eye, that's going to clog up the eye, the, uh, the trabecular channels and whatnot in the eye, and, and, uh, so it's, and then the enzyme can digest the retina too, so uh, it could have been one or both of those things. Uh, that caused these problems, but it was all down to the fact that these people were not trained and didn't know what they were doing, uh, and they were not even doctors. So, uh, 
you know, you can, you can rant and rave about how we need more rules, but uh, there are no rules in the world that are going to stop people who are crazy and stupid to just go ahead and do things without thinking about it and, and get, get, getting people in trouble because they just don't know what they're doing. So no laws are going to protect people from that. You yourself have to look at uh, everybody that uh, you're working with and, and try to decide for themselves, for yourself, whether or not these people are tra- ta- talented and trained and, and have got a good experience and, and you trust them to do the job. Yeah, because ultimately it's the physician's responsibility. Um, you know, right. it's easy to blame it on the lab or something like that. But one of the things that concerns me, and I think the public in general, there seems to be a lot of hype concerning stem cells. People think it's a miracle cure, an instant cure, and a lot of uh, physicians are quickly getting into this business of overselling stem cells. They're poorly trained, and you know there are going to be problems. No question about that. I think that that in general, uh, the whole fat uh, stem cell industry is uh, overhyped and uh, underregulated, and and the people that are doing it really don't have the the training and education and experience to be involved with it. So uh, I'm rather uh, pessimistic about uh, that whole group. Uh, You know, the FDA has been trying to come up with rules and regulations. I don't know what they're going to come up with, but uh, they should have some kind of way that makes sure that that people who are doing fat stem cells have some kind of training. I looked at, I was looking at a, a, a website. They were just offering a two-day course on, uh, I think, maybe it's a five-day, five-day course on stem cells. But in any case, it was like $600, $700 for a course in learning how to, to do all this stuff. And, you know, in, in two or three, four days, you don't learn things like microscopy. Microscopy takes days, weeks, uh, months of uh, sitting at a microscope looking at things and assessing things and understanding the differences between these small nuances when you're looking at this microscope. And these people are not trained. They don't even know how to turn a microscope on, much less they don't even have one. And so when you're dealing with uh, cells, which are microscopic, you want to know whether or not those cells are pure or not. And the only way to know that is to look at, look at the, these cells with a microscope and know what you're looking at. And these people just don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, in case folks are interested in finding out more about you, uh, because you have an extre- extremely reputable center in California, you've written one book, or you have a second book now? Uh, I have one book out once about time about chlorella, uh, single-cell wall algae as a nutritional supplement, which is an immune stimulant and detoxifying agent. And then I've got my umbilical cord. Now I'm just publishing articles. I've got a bunch of articles I just published in Townsend Newsletter about amyotrophic lateral sclerosis and the cause of amyotrophic lateral sclerosis and how to go about treating it. And so that's my focus right now is neurological cases more so than anything else. But I do, you know, general... Uh, general work with stem cells. Now, you talk about that they are a miracle. There's a book published in 1987 about hyperbaric oxygen, which is somewhat the similar kind of thing, and they call that book the hyperbaric oxygen, the uncertain miracle, because hyperbaric is the same kind of way. You get uh, results uh, most of the time, but not all the time, and so you can't really promise anybody that you're going to always get good results, and the reason for that are, are many, and, uh, and I, I bring that out and in a lot of my writings about uh, what you have to do to avoid uh, having a failure with stem cells and things like infections that you don't know about, those are causes of but uh, uh, drinking alcohol is another cause and exposing to toxins is another and trauma is another. So there's all these different factors that you can uh, 
really block block the effect of the stem cells. And so your, your doctor who's working with you should really evaluate these things carefully and make sure that you don't have these things uh, to deal with uh, when you have your stem cells or otherwise you do have failures. Sleep apnea and lack of oxygen at night is another factor. Yeah, I know. When I was at your center a few years ago, I hung out with you learning some of these tricks. Um, you take very seriously getting the patient ready, uh, getting rid of the infections, um, improving the oxygenation, circulation, you know, things like that, which I think I think is essential. Yeah, I think it's like uh, you being an ophthalmologist, uh, I'm sure you're aware of the fact that the fovea, that central area of the macula that causes us to be able to look at something carefully and see the sharp outlines of your face when we're looking at it. That's the fovea, the central area of the macula. That's the most oxygen-dependent, utilizing tissue in your body. And so if that tissue doesn't get enough oxygen, that doesn't work. And uh, that, uh, when that doesn't uh, get enough oxygen, it says to the surrounding tissue, we need more blood vessels. And the eye starts to make more blood vessels. And this process of making new blood vessels in these patients, older patients, becomes intermittent. And that intermittency of capillary growth causes the development of poor blood supply to the eye, and you wind up with macular degeneration. And so if you check them for oxygen at night and they have lack of oxygen, you put them on oxygen, oftentimes you can stop the macular degeneration very quickly because you've got them oxygenating and they, can, they no longer have to make these poor blood vessels to try to bring oxygen to the fovea. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why the hyperbaric oxygen, oxidative treatments like ozone, even good old-fashioned exercise will <laughs> improve the oxygen to the back of the eye which is unheard of yeah, right. right now. People are sitting watching TV. Yeah, had, and <laughs> one of my cases, once upon a time, I had they did hyperbaric oxygen, external counterpulsation, legally blind lady, about 65 years old, legally blind. By the time she finished six weeks later, she, was, she showed me, and we two did minutes, a video two her, we're threading a needle by, with her bare eyes. No, no glasses, no nothing. She was able to thread a needle. Oh, we got two minutes. So we got two minutes to the break. Uh, give the listeners your website and best number to call. Yeah, my, my website is stemcellmd.org, stemcellmd.org, and my phone number is 800-300-1063. All right. Uh, thank you so much for taking time to uh, clarify um, some in, your insights on this tragic uh, event that occurred in Florida. Thank you so much. Uh, welcome back to Healthy Vision. This is Dr. Condrod. We're talking about the tragedy that occurred in Florida with three patients who lost their sight after stem cells were injected into their eyes. This not is not supposed to happen. Stem cells are supposed to help your vision, not cause blindness. And I appreciate uh, Michael Basic and Dr. Steenblock joining me on the show to give their insight into this, but i like to summarize the problem. Number one, the selection of stem cells. I think it's really important that you are certain that you have the highest quality stem cells. How are they produced? We mentioned that autologous stem cells taken from your body may not be processed properly. There could be contaminants. There could be fungi, molds, other uh, toxic in, uh, elements that, if injected into your body, can cause great harm. I'm a big advocate of utilizing cord stem cells. These are cells that are taken from the placenta and cord of a newborn. Uh, 
And I work exclusively with a company that is monitored by the FDA, so we know that we're getting quality cells and cells that come from uh, a very good donor source. That is a critical. The second thing is timing of the injection. Dr. David Steenblock mentioned that if you have a serious infection, a sinus infection, uh, poor oxygenation, and heavy metals or other problems in your body, you may not want to get stem cells because they're not going to work. Much like a farmer who buys expensive seeds and he throws them on dry, barren soil without water, nutrients, or sunlight, they're not going to grow. They're not going to grow. So if you are receiving stem cells and you're investing in these potentially amazing cellular elements that can help with rejuvenation, you want to make sure your body is in top physical condition. Education. What is the education of the doctor? Hopefully it's a doctor administering it, not a nurse practitioner or technician. Uh, has a doctor just taken a day, an evening course? Did he just read a book? What is, what is his training? Also, what is, what is his specialty? Uh, makes sense. If you're getting stem cells from your eye, you want to make sure that that doctor is an eye surgeon, an ophthalmologist that's trained. They know the anatomy of the eye. They know eye disease. I am very comfortable being a board-certified ophthalmologist. I know the eye. If someone asked me to inject stem cells for their joint or their back, yeah, I could probably do it. I'm not going to do a good job, and I may get into trouble, and I would probably not do it uh, because my expertise is in another area. So you want to make sure uh, the education and the specialty. And you want to know the method of delivery. How are these stem cells delivered? When it comes to eye disease... There is a national study underway called the SCOTS study, S-C-O-T-S, Stem Cell Ophthalmic Treatment Study. And in the study, they are administering the cells in three ways. One is intravenous, which I believe is the safest way. Second is retrobulbar, where is it is injected under the eye, not into the eye, under the eye, in close proximity to the macula or near the optic nerve. The third way is these cells are injected into the eye, which is a risky procedure. It's subject to uh, the eye to infection and increased pressure. So I currently am avoiding injecting the cells into the eye. I prefer the intravenous and the retrobulbar under the eye, not into the eye, near the macula. As a physician, I think our number one mission is to do no harm to the patient. Do no harm, and we should avoid a risky procedure. An analysis uh, written by a surgeon from Baskin Palmer stated that, number one, if you are injecting them into the eye, you should never do two eyes at once. And unfortunately, one of the patients that lost her vision had these stem cells injected in both eyes, which should have never, never happened. Also, you need ways to help these stem cells with continued growth. And by that, I mean uh, the patient should be advised on having their body in maximum health, avoiding toxic food. Dr. Steenblock stated that alcohol can interfere with stem cell activity, so you want to avoid alcohol before and after. Probably maybe a glass of wine isn't going to hurt, but you want to avoid high levels of alcohol. 
You want to avoid um, toxins in the body, such as heavy metals. If your heavy metals are off the chart, you have mercury and lead, don't get stem cells. Wait, detoxify before you get the stem cells. Also, you need to investigate other methods to get these stem cells to grow. There have been several good studies showing that light therapy and low-level microcurrent can help stimulate existing stem cells. Of course, these modalities can stimulate your existing stem cells. We have stem cells in our body already, but as you get older, those stem cells get a little bit weaker. You need ways to get them stimulated. So light therapy can help. And uh, there are several different light frequencies that we use in our office, including a cold laser and infrared light that can help. Low-level microcurrent can be phenomenal. There have been some frequencies patented to stimulate stem cell derivative factors that help stem cells to grow and to help stem cells go to the area where they're needed. Low-level microcurrent. In fact, I feel so strongly about microcurrent that when you receive stem cells at my clinic, we give you a microcurrent machine to use. It is essential to get those stem cells growing, multiplying, and helping to direct those stem cells to the particular area where they need to do their work. So I put together a webinar called iStemCell, E-Y-E, STEM, S-T-E-M, C-E-L-L dot O-R-G. That's not dot com, that's dot O-R-G. Go to that uh, website, tune in, listen to the webinar, and you'll get all the information you need to make the right decision. In addition, if you are interested in more information on microcurrent, light therapy, or a consultation with me, you can always reach me at my main office, uh, 800-430-9328. That's 800-430-9328. And you can talk to folks at the office who will educate you on some of the services that we do. So um, it, it was rather unfortunate that this event occurred, but I think everybody that I talked to feels that this should have been avoided uh, if uh, all these uh, uh, precautions were taken, um, if the doctors were properly trained, if they used the correct stem cells, and the right person administered the stem cells. So uh, I, I, I hope that this uh, report uh, doesn't put a lot of fear in patients. You know, stem cells can be an extremely viable treatment to help you regain your health and regain your vision. But I also have to emphasize, too, that it is not a miracle treatment. It is not going to be an instant reversal of vision and instant cure. You really got to do all the other things that uh, the guests spoke on uh, this show this evening, that you need to look at getting your body healthy, eating the right food, uh, avoiding genetically modified food, avoiding food that's unprocessed with preservatives. And this food is toxic, and you need to really take the best nutrients. So when you do receive the stem cells, they're going to grow. You have to make sure you have the right vitamins and minerals in your body, which are essential. You need to make sure that you're properly hydrated. And you need to be tested for heavy metals. It's a simple test. 
get it done, get tested for heavy metals. You need to find ways to improve oxygenation, exercise. As Dr. David Steenblock mentioned, if you do have sleep apnea, you need to get a CPAP machine. You need to improve the oxygenation at night. All these things are critical. And it's funny, I have to joke with patients sometimes, if you do a lot of these things, you may not need stem cells. But if you're going to be receiving stem cells, do these things. All these are outlined in my book, uh, The Ten Essentials to Save Your Sight. And you can download a free copy of the book. Go to kondratbook.com, K-O-N-D-R-O-T, book.com. Well, we're coming to a close on Healthy Vision. This has been a very important episode for you to understand the benefits of stem cells and the dangers. This is your host, Dr. Edward Kondrat, wishing all of you good health and clear vision. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. If you'd like to learn more about alternative eye treatments, access free reports, or subscribe to Dr. Kondrat's newsletter, visit us at HealingTheEye.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please write a review. We love hearing from listeners. To hear more episodes about alternative eye treatments, click subscribe and download all of our previous shows. We wish you good health and clear vision.